Hi, it's Barnabas. Many of our most important sources, such as the Explorer Academy code-breaking activity adventure, are written by Dr. Gareth Moore, a puzzle and brain training author who lives in the UK. He's created, I think, now over 400 books, and many of them we use on the show. One of my personal favorites is called 404. The basic idea is that a mysterious group that calls themselves The Republic has sent you a book filled with over 60 puzzles, and it is your job to solve them. You can find him at drgarethmoore.com or on his YouTube channel. Now, let's get back to the show. Yes! I can't believe it's time for season two. This first episode is not specifically about a code, though it includes a code that is vital for its usage. It also includes lots and lots and lots of secret messages hidden in odd places. Without further ado, start the show. Welcome to the Kids Code Podcast. I'm Barnabas, your host, and today we're talking about spy message systems, mainly drops and rendezvous. With me are Ka the Crow, Codemaster Cole, and Dangerous Dave. So, you have a message to send, but how do you stop the opposition from taking it, for example, from a mailbox? You might be able to hand a letter to someone or tell them by word of mouth, but those options are risky. Really risky. This is where spy rendezvous come in. Spy rendezvous are silent meetings in which spies exchange concealed and often coded messages while not looking suspicious. There are many types. For example, you could switch hats while leaving a cafe, give each plan a number, letter, or other symbol. For example, R, so that all you need to say in preparation is, in this case, plan R. I will give more examples and ideas after the story. Another interesting system is the letterbox method, in which a spy gives a message to a letterbox, someone who keeps messages for spies, a job similar to that of a middleman in stores, who usually gives it to the spy's partner or contact. Occasionally, you could give the letterbox top-secret files, but be careful when you do. The letterbox has more information than almost anyone else, 
So pick someone you've known for a while and trust, because the people who act the least suspicious could be double agents. If you can't find a good one, just do it yourself. I want to be a letterbox. Me too. There are many jobs that a letterbox can work at to conceal messages, such as mailman, librarian, package deliverer, or reporter. One last tip on letterboxes: don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't rely entirely on a single letterbox. Use rendezvous, drops, or even a second letterbox. The more spread out information is, the less there is that can get through to the enemy. There is another fun system that is called a drop system. It is made up of at least two drops. Hidden places that letters are put in, and a signpost, a spot to send important signals such as which drop is used, or danger. In a drop system, you put a message into one of the drops before sticking a signal at your signpost. To check for a signal at your signpost, just walk past and pick up any new signals. You can check meanings in your code book later. Is the drop the same thing as a dead drop? Yes and no. A dead drop, if you look it up in a dictionary, is basically the same thing as a drop, but it is frequently the word used for what robbers use to. To hold other things, things other than letters, such as stolen money. Also, there's usually only one. Here are a few drop ideas for you. One, under the root of a tree or bush. Two, in the cleft of a tree or crack in the wall. Three, under a hedge or bush. Four, disguised as a leaf or twig. Five, under a bench, chair, or table. Six, behind a plaque or painting. Seven, under a loose paving stone or large rock. Eight, inside a hollow log. Nine, in or under creeping plants. Ten, in a dictionary or other large book. When choosing a drop. You need to, you need a place where you can be hidden from view for a little while, but not look suspicious. Your drops should not be too close to each other. Before deciding on a drop, check its traffic to see if it's too busy, and if it's not, when it is the busiest or least busy to know the best times to use it. The best times will be in the middle when it's not super busy, but it's not super quiet. Then you you are less likely to be noticed because of so many people around, and you're le- also less likely to be noticed because there is no crowd to hide you.
In addition, you must have a reason to be where your drop is. It looks suspicious when you just stand in the middle of a straight path with nothing to look at or do except wait. Make sure you can easily check the entire area before delivering a message. The last thing you want happening is an enemy watching you deliver a letter. Beware of buildings. You never know when someone is watching from an unlit upper window. Remember that your drop does not have to be outdoors. In fact, drops are not usually doors at all. Ha ha. On to side posts. Side posts can be pretty much anywhere that a drop can be. And almost anywhere that a string could be tied on. Tactics time. Codemaster Cole, you know a lot about ground level signposts. What do you have for the listeners? Well, I'll start with how to not look suspicious. If you need to bend down to knee or kneel to check a sign check or send a signal at your signpost, think of a good reason for doing so. You could pretend that your shoe came untied, or you could start to limp when you get close to your signpost, then stop and act like you're taking out a pebble out of your shoe. If you are carrying something, you could drop it, or pretend that it is very heavy so you have to put it down and rest. When you find a signal from another spy, remove it as quickly as possible. Always act casually while waiting for the right moment to use your signpost. With practice, you might be able to use your signpost even while under observation. Memorize signals at a glance. You can check the meaning in your codebook later. If you need to create and place a leaf signal, you can pretend to be idly fiddling with a leaf while you mark it, then stick it in your signpost while no one is looking. Enough about tactics. Now for the signals themselves. Codemaster Cole, I know that you know a ton about this stuff, so I will let the others tell what they know first. Call the crow. Let's start with you. I know that many signpost codes involve short and long signals, such as short and long knots, that are similar to those used in Morse code. If you want more about Morse code, check out episode one. Let's take a quick break. Hi, everybody. Guess what? It's season four, and the Kids Code Podcast is officially two years old. On July 19th, 2021, Zero Trailer was released. We also have a couple other twos. We've been listened to in over 200 cities all over the globe. And we've 
been listened to nearly 2,000 times. And we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means a lot. Well, that's enough of the announcement. Back to the show. That is true. Now you, Dangerous Dave. I know that you are telling me some important top secret information that you probably shouldn't be telling me. Yes, maybe this wasn't the best episode to feature you in. At least the listeners will be entertained by a new evil plot. I didn't. I don't have an evil plot th- today. Now, tell us about signpost signals, Codemaster Cole. To start, to start, I will. I would like to say that you do not have to use any of these examples. In fact, I would encourage you to make your own signals because they will be harder for the opposition to understand. Now, I'll start. Things that you're most likely to be able to use for, for signpost signals are rocks, chalk, rope, matchsticks, and leaves. Here are a few you examples of Morse code style signals. One dot dash two dot three dash four dash dash dot or five dash dot dot dash. Remember None of these have to be used. Next, here are some signals that need to be sent in the code. Message at drop dot dot dot. Message not found. No message and a danger signal. There is another fun signpost code called the leaf code. In it, you push a twig or the stalk of a leaf through the leaf in several ways. You could think up your own. In the Morse code style signals, the head of the matchstick counts as a long signal and the tail is a short signal. Now that we've settled signposts, back to drops. Drops are very, very secret, so if you don't want the enemy to find out about your drops, you should use similar tactics to those given earlier for signposts. Drops are also, also, drops are meant for sheets of paper, not packages or boxes. If you need to send either of those, some forms of rendezvous, such as bag exchange, 
would work better. You could also use uh, the letterbox method. Now, the story. Steve was out for a morning stroll, wondering what his next adventure would be. He knew it was season two, so he so he was pretty sure that soon there was something would happen, and he wanted to be there for it. Soon, he came to a bench, and since his legs were very tired, he sat down on it. Then, he noticed something sticking out of a tall clump a, tump, a clump of tall grass he walked over and to investigate and found that it was a coded letter meanwhile dan was also out on a on a jog he uh, he was um practicing for some running for some running things and he and he needed all the training that he could get <clears throat> I'm very tired I guess I'd better sit down for a little while he said as he came to a large sign when he sat down on the ground he noticed a letter sticking up from the ground right next to the uh, post that held the so- that h- held the sign he walked over and picked it up then steve and dan went back to the back to the good spy hq uh, to report this to uh, to Codemaster Cole and to uh, and to get uh, code breaking tools. When Codemaster Cole saw it, he said, "I wonder which villains these are." Meanwhile, meanwhile. The bad guys had escaped. They had figured out how to um, to get down one to get down a la- a particular ladder and get out uh, to get and get out by it. Immediately, they they all got down the ladder on the side of the building and went to the their uh, headquarters they went through the paper their papers got all organized and then went off to rob a bank the guards saw them from a good distance but they but they ran quickly around to the back, back um, used 
an old lasso that they somehow got to, uh, to, and the, uh, and lassoed, um, a pipe on the top of the building and pulled themselves up by it. Then they snuck in through an air vent, dropped down, and stole all the money in the bank. When they got back to the HQ, they uh, put it in in locked strong boxes. The end. Well, I hope th- the bad spiring who are now out of jail doesn't do too much damage. Here are a few rendezvous ideas. One, ask to borrow a pen from your contact. Then, instead of giving the the pen back, give one that looks the same, but has a paper rolled up inside. Two, swap bags with messages inside when in a grocery store or other public space. Three, read a newspaper, then set it down and walk away. In a few minutes, your contact picks it up and walks away reading. Inside the newspaper, there is a message held with tape. Four, switch hats that have messages in them while leaving a cafe or restaurant. Five, put a message in a uh, put a message in a f- folded up map and let the co- your contact borrow it. As I may have said before, always remember to act like strangers. It makes people be less suspicious of you. Well, I'm almost done with the episode, but first I have a special announcement. Steve, you can come in now. Steve, for the rest of season two and any later seasons, has been promoted to co-host. So now he will be in every episode doing basically what I do, and he might even later get a section of the show of his own. What do you think of that, Steve? Great! I can't wait! It's all starting next in the next episode. And I can't wait either. We are almost done with the episode. Is that right, Steve? I think so. Okay. Now, uh, next week, we're going 
to uh, to be talking about s- about something that you write with. It's in pens. This is the invisible kind. I hope you can guess what it is before then. And everybody, if you want to support the show, please follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us get the word out, and I would really, really appreciate it. Thanks. My sources for today are Top Secret by Paul B. Genesco and The Spy's Guidebook by Falcon Travis, Judy Hindley, and others. We'll be back next week with a new episode, but until then, keep on cracking! for next week I wonder what my section of the show should be called hmm maybe Steve's tips or Steve sneaks hmm guess I'll figure it out in a few episodes thank you for listening 